Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, y'all? We're back with another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast presented by Chevalier Mortgage. As always, I'm Justin Michael. I'm your host. I'm talking about the CSU Rams. In particular, I'm talking about CSU football. They held their first scrimmage of fall camp today. It was close to the media. The stats were not published. So unfortunately, all we have to go off of is the word of Steve Adazio, you know, Todd Teo and Daquan Jackson, who met with the media. Um, we'll dive into everything in a sec. Before we do, though, it's hard to buy a house right now. It, it's especially stressful if you've attempted this process in Colorado. The housing market here, it's just absurd. Let Mike and Virginia Chevalier take the burden off this extremely difficult process for you. They're going to alleviate so much stress, take some of that worry off your plate. Chevalier Mortgage's ultimate goal is to take the stress out of buying and refinancing. They strive to give their borrowers options with their full financial picture in mind with the highest level of integrity, always putting their borrowers first. Mike and Virginia are proud DNVR members. They're CSU alumni. They work nights. They work weekends to make sure their clients are getting the best loan for their situation. As mortgage brokers, they're able to shop over a dozen lenders with many different products to find the right fit for you. They want their borrowers to know who they're working with, not feel bounced around and they take the time to help their borrowers be as informed as they want every step of the way. In Mike and Virginia, they take the burden off folks so they can focus on their home being at home, not just a house. As I said, Mike and Virginia are proud DNVR members, and right now they have a fun perk for DNVR listeners. If you visit them at dnvrmortgage.com, you can enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat of your choice. Most importantly, though, you're going to get set up with a free consultation to discuss all your options. That's dnvrmortgage.com. You can also call Mike directly at 970-412-2472, or again, visit dnvrmortgage.com. Michael Chevalier, NMLS 1931006, Virginia Chevalier, NMLS 1910631. Cool, 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 cool. So we're going to talk about everything that we learned from Steve Adazio and mostly Todd Santeo about Saturday's scrimmage. But before we kind of jump into everything, I do want to shout out Kevin Lytle of the Fort Collins Coloradoan and Eddie Hers of the Loveland Reporter Herald. I had a personal matter that prevented me from getting to Fort Collins in time. My guys came through for me in the clutch. They provided me with some audio from these guys so that I could stay informed. And, you know, I just that's one of the things I really, really appreciate about being on this beat. There's a lot of silly aspects of sports media and, you know, just kind of the culture as a whole. One of those things, at least for me, is, you know, kind of the tension that just seems to naturally exist amongst people that 
work on the same beat. And I get it. You know, it's a really competitive industry. It's tough to make it out there. You know, if if somebody else is succeeding and in some ways, you know, that kind of means you aren't. But that's just kind of a crappy way to look at it. You know, I think there's room for, you know, everyone to succeed. Sports fans, they they're going to dive in wholeheartedly. They are going to consume as much content as they possibly can. And because of that, I just have never really understood why everyone has to act, you know, like they like they hate each other or anything like that. Like they can't have each other's backs. At the end of the day, they're colleagues. You know, they're the people that are around each other the most. They're going to understand, you know, what each other are going through. So that's just never really made sense to me. You know, we're we're not the Hatfields and the McCoys out there. It's okay to be friends. It is okay to have each other's backs. It's not going to be the reason you don't succeed in the end, I promise you. And ultimately, I think it's just best to to be a good person in general. I think, you know, I, I believe in, in good karma. But beyond that, I mean, it's all about relationships in life, right? So you might as well have as many people in your corner as you possibly can. And just as a whole, you know, it's a really good vibe on this CSU beat. It, it really always has been. But especially right now, you know, everybody gets along well. Kelly's been along, uh, he's been around, I should say, for a really long time. Everybody respects him. He gets along with everyone. Kevin Lytle, really, really good dude. One of my biggest mentors, one of my best friends in the industry. And and Eddie, you know, we've, we went to school together. We, we came up together. At one point, Eddie worked for me at the Collegian, worked for me in quotations. We worked together. And, you know, we, we've stayed close throughout. So I just, I love that. And I appreciate that. And I appreciate you guys for allowing me to go on this little tangent about sports media. The other thing that's always been silly about it is just kind of the the guise of having to act like sports reporters hate sports in order to objectively cover the team. It's it's completely ridiculous, and it's always been a bit of a ruse anyways. You know, the reason that people get into sports media is because they love sports. Why suppress that? Sports fans themselves, they're passionate. They don't want some lifeless drone there. You know, they... <laughs> They want somebody that's going to commit wholeheartedly because they are. And obviously, it's a it's a different type of commitment. You don't have to go, you know, full fanboy when you're there. The dynamic is different, and, and the, the level of emotional attachment as a whole is. But sports are amazing. You know, one of the things I really love about Andrew Mason, he covers the Denver Broncos for us, is that Mace doesn't hide his love of the NFL, football, and sports as a whole. He is a sports fan. He makes that incredibly clear in his work. He tweets about it. He talks about it. He didn't grow up a Broncos fan. He's he's a Bucks fan, but he's as knowledgeable as anyone around about the Broncos and really football and the NFL in general. But he commits and he invests in everything because he's passionate about sports. Mace isn't, you know, total fanboy or anything like that. And I'm I'm not trying to use that term as a as an insult, I just mean somebody who can't look at the situation objectively, but he does want the team to be successful because it's better for him, it's better for the fans, it's better for the city as a whole. You don't have to act like you're a heartless robot to prove that you're credible. Anybody that follows Mace, anybody that's read any of his books, any of his articles, that's listened to him on a podcast, that listens to him on the radio, they know Mace knows his stuff. It comes through in his work. You know, it's clear. And, you know, to an extent, I, I hope people feel that way about me. It's a little bit different of a situation. You know, I, I did graduate from CSU. I did work for the CSU football team for a couple of years. I have been friends with a lot of the players that came through. But 
you know, I think my work over the years has has proven for itself. I think I've proved to be one of the more credible sources on CSU as a whole when it comes to distributing information, but also just when it comes to breaking things down. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna call it how I see it. I'm gonna tell you when I think things are bad. I'm gonna tell you when I think things are good. I'm not gonna be Debbie Downer all the time, and I am going to naturally be an optimist because that's just how I operate as a writer. It's also how I operate as a sports fan. The the reality is, you know, and I've talked about this a lot, sports as a whole, it's it's a lot of defeat, it's a lot of frustration. So if you lean into that, you know, you can. It's easy to get negative engagement, but that's that's just I don't like living that way. It, it ruins the, the fun of sport for me. I love college football. I'm not going to act like I don't love college football. I also love CSU. I'm not going to act like I don't love CSU. But again, you know, I'm going to keep it real. I'm going to, you know, give you guys accurate information and I'm going to break things down as I see them. But I'm not going to ever act like, you know, I'm just there because it's my job and, you know, I, I wouldn't be there any other, you know, under any other circumstance because, it's my dream to be doing what I'm doing. I, I love what I'm doing, and I appreciate you guys for listening to me. So I'm just, you know, I just I just try to be honest with everyone. And and the reason that I even bring all this up and the reason why I was, I was even thinking about this this week is the situation with Brian Harson at Auburn. If you're unaware, Auburn was having one of their first scrimmages of fall camp this fall, and, you know, they he gave out some hats to members of the media and one of the reporters down there wrote this column on it, and I don't know, it's just a very old-school approach. We saw a lot of sports reporters, you know, oh my gosh, what this is, what an audacity. Brian Harson giving out hats to the media. I can't believe it. We're not fans. This is, you know, this is not what it's all about. And and I'm, I get it, you know. It, it's a fine line when it comes to journalistic ethics. And, you know, if this was the White House or something like that, you know, that would obviously be a no-go. But it's not. It's fall camp. It's football. And I just think it's a little bit silly for everyone to, you know, throw their arms up in the air over this and, and act like it's the end of the world because it just, it really isn't. Take the hat if you want it. You know, you're not going to wear it to a game, but you can wear it at home. Don't take it if you don't want it. You're still going to cover the team as you would have before. It's not going to change anything. You know, as my buddy Ryan Green from CBS pointed out, you know, they they give out team meals. That doesn't change. You know, it's it's not persuasion. Auburn and Harson don't think because they gave you a hat, you're not going to criticize them if they don't win in the SEC. My long-winded point about all of this is just that I think a lot of sports reporters as a whole would benefit and enjoy their job a little bit more if they just didn't take themselves so dang seriously all the time. Again, I'm not I'm I'm not saying it isn't important. Being a sports reporter, you do have to be a journalist in times. You know, I broke a lot of the Eustacey stuff. There are times where, you know, you're you're doing true groundbreaking, hard-hitting reporting, but that's not most of the time. Most of the time it's it's general beat reporting, it's feature stories and profiles and it's just being you know a, a source for information on the team and, and providing the fans more information on what they want and I don't know I just think you know the fans love college football most of the people that work in college football love college football at least going in and I think keeping that passion is important one because it makes your content more in, interesting and two it just makes you a little bit less pretentious as a whole 
And I guess that's my advice to everyone overreacting about the Harson situation is just look in the mirror and really think like, is this the end of the world? Because I'm guessing it probably isn't. All right. I, I probably probably talked about that for way longer than necessary. I definitely didn't intend to you know, spend the first 10 minutes of the show talking about that. But coming back to the beginning, shout out to Kevin Lytle and Eddie Hers for hooking me up with audio and allowing me to create this content. They, they really helped me in a tough situation. Really enjoy working on this CSU beat. All right, we're going to hear some coach and player audio, and we're going to dive into everything. Before we kind of do that, you know, in the spirit of college football, Guys, the best time of year is right now. And our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook are hooking you guys up with an incredible preseason offer. Right now, if you sign up with DraftKings Sportsbook, you can get $200 in free bets instantly if you bet $1 or more on any college football game. Take advantage of this limited time offer now. You heard me right. DraftKings is giving all new players $200 in free bets instantly and you place a bet of $1 or more on any college football game, no matter what. They've already got lines and you know some point totals listed for those week zero and week one matchups. Go check it out. DraftKings Sportsbook is awesome. They've got all kinds of odds boosts, daily promotions. You can bet on college football, the NFL, baseball, basketball, hockey, the Olympics, you name it. And, and the other thing that's really cool is they're safe, secure, and reliable. They're located right here in the United States. So, you know, it's easy to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DNBR to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any college football game. Again, that promo code DNBR when you sign up to get $200 in free bets instantly. For a limited time, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions to apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. But it went well. We started out a little herpy-jerky in the very, very beginning, but I thought a lot of good things happened, both sides of the ball, special teams. We got a lot of work done today. And I always say this, the most important thing, I think he came out of relatively healthy. And that is what scares the crap out of me. You know, because uh, we did a fair amount of tackling. Probably I would have liked to have done more. I kind of peeled it back a little bit because we had some bumps and bruises. But we did a fair amount of tackling, got a fair amount of situations done. There's some situations that weren't good enough, and, you know, just anticipated. Uh, but overall, I felt like uh, there was good things done. Uh, and it was a good experience for the players to be out here and a little bit more of a game setting. And, you know, what happens in these first scrimmages is they're – they're really tired. They're really beat up, and they're exhausted. And they got about as heavy legged as you can be right now. You can see it. That's okay. Now it's our job to we're going to stay in the grind here for the next week, and then start to pull out of the grind and get their legs back and look crisper and cleaner and faster. So. All right, that was Steve Adazio talking about the first scrimmage, and now I'm just going to kind of go through some of my takeaways based on you know the rest of the audio that I heard from him you know, talk about what I learned. Again, thank you to Kevin and Eddie for that audio. But, you know, it sounds like as a whole, there there's definitely a lot of room for improvement. You know, I think the coaching staff seem to be pretty pleased with the effort overall, but, you know, still just a little bit sloppy. And, you know, like you said, that's kind of to be expected in this first scrimmage. You know, it's the first opportunity that you have 
you know, like a, a game-like scenario, you know, and, and playing full contact, you know, really go balls to the wall. Adazio, you know, as he mentioned in that audio, you know, they they peeled back a little bit, maybe didn't do quite as much true hitting as they were hoping for because they were a little bit banged up. But I mean, as long as you you escape relatively unscathed, you know, that's that's kind of the ultimate goal for that first scrimmage. And and you know, one of the things that that stood out to me listening to Adazio, you know, talk about the scrimmage is that he he wants to see this team operate better you know when when fatigue starts to play in when they're tired he wants to see them you know make better decisions and you know going in that's kind of one of the things he was looking for is you know how do players react without the coaches in their ear without the coaches all over them correcting every little step in a scrimmage it's like it's like a game you got to see things you got to break it down you got to react and then you got to complete the play you know he mentioned that for for some guys it's kind of been a consistent issue when it comes to decision-making when they're fatigued and, you know, as a whole, they're just not where they need to be when it comes to that factor. And, you know, that that's, it stands out to me. It's something to, that we definitely need to keep our eyes and ears on. But, you know, thinking about the situation log- logically, I mean, when you watch an NFL preseason game, is the decision-making perfect? Is the execution perfect? No. And that's, you know, ultimately what this basically is for CSU football is a preseason game. It's an opportunity to work out the kinks and kind of fine-tune these little areas that, you know, you don't really get to to work on in the same way in practice. The stats were not published or, or, you know, made available to the media by CSU football, but one of the things that did come up from both Santeo and Adazio is that CSU needs to execute better in the two-minute drill. You know, Adazio mentioned that it was sloppy, that he wants to see it get better, and Santeo, you know, kind of talked about the same thing. Specifically, Santeo said that, you know, they got tired and as soon as they did, things started to fall apart. You know, that's what happened when they went to the two-minute drill today and, and they got to work on it because, you know, there could be a situation late in the fourth quarter where they got to go the length of the field and score, you know, in a game. That How often does that happen? And the great teams, the great offenses, they're able to execute in those situations, you know, when the, when the going gets tough. But not to be repetitive, but I mean, like, that's, again, you know, exactly what scrimmages are for, to work at those kinks and to prepare for those situations in a scenario that's as close to a, a game as you're going to get. It was the first time, you know, they they really ran it in a, in a true scenario, you know, today. And it's only, you know, they've only worked on it a handful of times in camp overall. And so they've got, you know, time to build from it, to learn from it and, and you know, keep working. What's encouraging is that, you know, according to Santeo and, and Adazio is that they both felt like Santeo threw the football really well today. And, you know, they, they didn't release the highlights. They didn't release the stats. So a lot of that, you know, we just kind of have to take their word for it. And so, you know, maybe you take that with a grain of salt. But based on the little bit of B-roll footage that I did see, you know, Santeo looked good. He was putting the football where it needed to be. Wide receiver Ty McCullough really shined with him. You know, he scored a couple of times in the footage and seemed to just kind of be making plays out there. Adazio mentioned that he was a little bit dinged up, you know, over the last couple of practices, and that's kind of been a small issue for him. I mean, it's young in his career, so I don't want to, you know, put label him as injury-prone or anything like that. But injuries have, you know, kept him off the field a little bit. This is kind of his year to, to step forward and, you know, be Dante Wright's running mate. You know what you have in Dante Wright. You know what you have in Trey McBride. 
you need Ty to kind of be that guy that everybody expected him to be when he committed to CSU a couple years back on TV. You know, they they need him to be that guy. And I think he really does have explosive capability. You know, Dazio said that he looked fast, that he looked really good, was making plays out there on Saturday. And and hopefully that, you know, translates to game day because you do need that second wide receiver opposite of Dante Wright, whether it be EJ Scott, whether it be Jordan Kress, whether it be Ty. You hope that a lot of these guys are able to make an impact. But whoever it ends up being or, you know, whatever combination of those guys it ends up being in the in the traditional or in the starting receiver rotation this year, you need that passing offense to to kind of take a step forward. They've been emphasizing it a lot quite, you know, throughout training camp. Adazio mentioned that as well. You know, he said he he thinks it's about 60-40. Uh, yesterday, his, his ideal goal is more around 55-45 in terms of a pass-run ratio. Regardless, it just kind of sounds like the relationship between Adazio and John Budmeyer and then Budmeyer and the quarterbacks is, you know, kind of really thriving. It's it's obviously still pretty early, but I like the dynamics at play here. I like how the relationships are starting to form. You know, Centeno really raved about John Budmeyer and kind of the way that he is able to to teach these quarterbacks on media day. You know, he explained that Woodmeyer lays things out in a black and white manner. You know, this is what you need to do on the play. This is what we want to avoid. You know, there, there's no gray area. It's, it's, this is correct. This is wrong. The goals are laid out and there's no confusion about the objective. And I think as a quarterback in a new system, when, if you're Matt Vilecci or Todd Santeo, who's obviously, you know, kind of trying to take his game to the next level and prove that he's the guy that's going to benefit you. You know, you don't, you don't necessarily need a guy that's that's hooting and hollering at you to motivate you, and, and they're going to get plenty of that. That's not a, a shot at Steve Adazio or anything. He is a hard-nosed football coach. You know, Trey McBride it, it laid it all out. He's intense. He's going to scream at you no matter who you are. But, you know, he's also very loving. And, and I think CSU football needed that boost in intensity that they needed a different mentality in order to be more successful in the games that actually matter. But I also think it's important that the players have coaches that they can, you know, be a little bit more vulnerable with. You know, some of the superstars, you know, they're they're gonna be they're gonna be close with the with the head coach. But most guys, you know, they're probably gonna be closer with their position coaches. And, you know, Bud Meyer, he's the offensive coordinator, but he's also the quarterback coach. And you want all of those quarterbacks to feel comfortable, you know, being able to confide in him to be able to go and admit, you know, what's working for them, what's not working for them. And you need, you know, them to be able to learn from them. And it sounds like, you know, John Budmeyer is really thriving in that mentor role when it comes to these quarterbacks. And, you know, that's kind of what everybody was hoping for. <sighs> All right. That's uh, that's kind of the main takeaways. I'm going to kind of dive through just a couple of more, you know, a few more tidbits that we got from the coaches or from Adazio, I guess I should say. We didn't get to talk to the assistant coaches the Rams are going to emphasize red zone execution. They're going to work on the two-minute and four-minute drills. They're going to work on goal line scenarios. They're going to work on coming out. You know, Adazio is one of those guys who wants to come out with tempo. He wants to come out and execute well, especially on those scripted plays. They're going to work on onside kicks. They're going to work on fake puns, stuff like that. Special teams has been consistently brought up. You know, anytime Adazio mentions what they're working on offensively, defensively, he always adds that special teams is a big point of emphasis. That makes sense after the disaster of a year that CSU had last year on special teams. Uh, but, you know, just kind of laying out the things that they said that they are going to work on. 
a couple other things. He mentioned that he's pretty intrigued by Evan Olace, you know, Luke McAllister, Chance Harris. Those were the quarterbacks that most of the fans were were pretty excited about. They're, they're much bigger. You know, Evan's a small guy. You know, Harris and McAllister, they received the attention when it came to the recruiting process. But, you know, Dazio, he said that Elias, he brings a little bit of an energy. He's, you know, kind of fun to watch out there. You know, we'll have to to keep our eyes on the scenario. Maybe he ends up being the diamond in the rough. If you're one of the fans that's upset with Adazio for, you know, playing Todd Senteo, if you feel like he's not a good enough thrower of the football, that's probably not what you want to hear because it, it sounds like Elias is a little bit of that dual threat type quarterback as well. You know, not necessarily a guy that's going to stand back in the pocket and pick you apart. But you want to have different options. And, you know, Vilecci's got multiple years of eligibility remaining. Sounds like he's coming along. So I I kind of like where CSU's at as a whole when it comes to the quarterback position. I don't love it. You know, it's not great. You certainly love to have an experienced guy losing Patrick O'Brien. I think that's a bummer. But it's not, you know, the sky isn't falling or anything like that. I guess that's just what I'm trying to say. You know, we've seen a lot of fans panic. Um, you know, I already mentioned that Budmeyer is impressing as OC. So the, uh, the last thing that I'll talk about is that the Rams do have a walk-on at cornerback that seems to be, you know, making an impact. Robert Floyd, he's only five foot nine, 170 pounds, a corner out of Pompano uh, Beach, Florida, but he really has the attention of the coaching staff. You know, Adazio, he, he, he raved about him. He said he's a hell of a player, really, really, really excited about his future. And, you know, that's good because we know that the the depth behind the established starters in the secondary is is relatively unproven. They lost a lot of guys, a lot of guys that weren't really expected to play. But, you know, depth, it, it could be a factor, especially if guys start dropping. And it, it sounds like Linwood Crump, the Temple transfer, is going to be, you know, missing some substantial time with an upper body injury. Tweeted about how he's tired of setbacks. Adazio alluded to that they they were going to have to kind of see how things went a couple of days ago, you know, kind of reading between the lines there. Again, I'm not reporting that. I'm just saying reading between the lines there. It, it looks like his setback could be substantial and that they could be without him, you know, for a, for a decent amount of time. And that would be a bummer. He was expected to come in and play a decent role for this secondary. All right, that's, you know, kind of all I really have to say on this first scrimmage. We'll have the second one coming up in a week. We've got practice leading up to that. Going to play you a little bit more audio, uh, but I also want to shout out Solace Meds. We've partnered with a premier dispensary for you guys to get smoking hot deals with. Solace Meds has four convenient Colorado locations, one in Fort Collins, one in Wheat Ridge, one off Broadway, and one just blocks away from the DNVR bar on East Colfax. The entire month of August, they've got some absolutely crazy deals. Dixie Elixirs are two for $30. Spectra products are 20% off. Ripple are 25% off. Silver Shelf Flowers, 15% off. And Connoisseur Shelf Concentrates, 15% off. Whether you're a dab guy, a flower guy, they have options for you. Right now, when you use the code DNVR20 at checkout, you're going to save 20% off your entire purchase. But... If you head into any location, you're also going to get a free Solace Bar or King Cone with your order. So what that means is you could go in there, get Connoisseur's Shelf Concentrates for 15% off, get another 20% off with the code DNVR20, and get a free you know, Solace Bar or King Cone. These deals are crazy. Solace Meds makes your cannabis shopping experience a delight. 
head to their website, solacemeds.com. Order online, pick up at your convenience. It's easy as pie. And again, make sure that you're always using that code DNVR20 when you check out at any location of Solace Meds, one of the official partners of the DNVR Rams podcast. I'm sure you try to spread the ball around a decent amount today, but were there any specific wide receivers, tight Tom ends you McCullough. really had at work in tie? <laughs> That's what Steve said. <laughs> Tom McCullough had himself a day. Nice. And I've told that I've told him he has the most potential. And you know, today he, he came out here and showed out. You know, he's dealing with some nicks and nicks and pains, but came out here and was tough and, and made some made some real good plays. So proud of him and I'm proud of everybody. Everybody came out here and competed. And at the end of the day, you're gonna mess up, but if you're out here, you know, playing ball so well, I'm, I'm happy because you're, you're giving my, you're giving me all your all, and I'm I'm gonna give you all, my all to you guys. I know you said in spring you put in a lot of extra work after practice with receivers and tight ends, building chemistry. Are you seeing that pay off in camp so oh, far? Of course. Yeah. The, like, like I said, uh, I, I feel like our passing game is ten, probably ten times better than it was in the spring, and it really shows from all our work. And I and I bring it up to them all the time. It's working because we put in the work. Mm-hmm. So you know. You're going to keep, keep putting that work and grinding at it. And like I said, come, se- 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 come September 3rd, we'll be all right. Steve is still talking about the fact he would like to see you guys fight through a little bit more. Mentally tougher. You and I have talked about this before. Where is it at in your book? What do you guys still have to do to be that team that you fight through those things right. when you're tired, when you're dinged up? Oh, um, I'd say just more so like today, our two-minute situationally, we were tired. And, you know, once once you get tired, things start to fall apart. And that's what happened when we went to a minute today. And we're going to work on it and we're going to get better at it. This first time we ran it was well, second time we ran it in, in camp. So, you know, we just got to keep building on it and take learn from it and keep building on it. And I feel like, you know, we're, we're, we're a tough, a tough group. We, yeah. We've been through some stuff, man. Yeah. Been through some stuff. Last year was not easy. Yeah. So we've been through some stuff. And I, I feel like our team is really way more tight knit than it was last year. So. You know, when you're tightening it and you can look at somebody else in the eyes and be like, I know you got me and I got you. Anything's possible. Peaches out of Palisades, sweet as mama's marmalade. This shit sound like summer days, the windows down on harmony. The family band sing harmonies, my daddy played the drums. My mama slapped that bass, my sister sang these songs. Dancing under canopies, we thank the trees for all their leaves. We are just some drops of water, together make up seven seas. And one day I'll be like my father, one day I will learn to breathe. I'm choking on the thought that I am not the man I want.